1: We head to the polls. And while Toronto's election has been, I think, one of the most uninspiring campaigns, I recall. In fact, I can't even recall it. There have not been really big issues. But in other municipalities, there's some really very interesting races. You've got you know, Patrick Brown neck and neck in one of the more competitive races for mayor against Linda Jeffrey. You have a former homeless man and a drug addict who is on his way to becoming the mayor of Oshawa. But one of the more lively races is taking place in Hamilton where transit is the number one issue. The building of this billion-dollar LRT. So it's become a referendum issue. And Hamiltonians are going to have to decide if they want a very pricey legacy project that sounds lovely but serves very few. Or if they want to take the billion dollars that was never going to be taken, ever It just wasn't it's on the table no matter what happens, which government's in and build transit that makes sense, you know, includes, I don't know, the mountain. Nonetheless, this issue has absolutely galvanized the city. You're either for it, against it. There's no in between. Let's bring in John Best, uh, president and chief editor over at Bay Observer. He'll join us to uh, break it all down, John. John, it's uh, an interesting race to watch in Hamilton because the issue there is LRT to build or not to build. I personally think Hamiltonians will regret going ahead with this, but they do have to make a decision if, if they want kind of this legacy or if they want transportation that makes sense for the whole city.
2: No question about it, Alex. And I think the game changer here, it really looked like we were headed for LRT uh, right up until the, uh, the provincial election. And then we got our first inkling that there might be some flexibility from Queen's Park. Uh, the Premier or D- Doug Ford, uh, when he was running he uh, he indicated that uh, that he might be open to letting Hamilton spend the money on other kinds of infrastructure and uh, since the election uh, he 's repeated it about five or six times, and that 's been a major game changer in in Hamilton. A number of councilors who voted for LRT because they thought they were going to risk losing out altogether have now changed their their vote and their stance. So it, it's a LRT election here in Hamilton.
1: And it's galvanized so that you got the mountain folks who are completely left out of LRT and the downtown folks who, frankly, I'm sorry, but you don't need it. You you do have decent transportation downtown. It's the mountain that needs the servicing to get downtown. And so they feel left out.
2: Yeah, I mean, this thing has a long history. Um, it, it, it appears I, I've done some digging around and it really appears that it started out with a very small group of people that are, for whatever reason, just totally obsessed with LRT. Right, I know. And over, uh, particularly in the early years of of this LRT debate, uh, there there seems to have been some attempt to manipulate public opinion on the issue. And and, uh, always, uh, there was never really an up-and-down vote on it um, at any particular point. So it's uh, this is really almost, you might as well say, a referendum on yeah. LRT that we're facing on Monday.
1: I think so, too, because it'll ta- it'll change Hamilton in a way I don't think Hamiltonians actually want. It, it sounds great, but, you know, I know Hamilton really well, and I also know Toronto. And when you've built tracks, uh, no matter where you do it, it really kills the neighborhood. So you're talking three, four years of, of um, hacking up the roads, creating unrelenting construction, and you're going to get traffic in neighborhoods that don't want the traffic. And you're also going to have congestion like you've never seen before. So it has a huge impact on neighborhoods and businesses. And it sounds like, okay, we'll get it done and then life will go on. But it doesn't. It changes and transforms a city, sometimes for the worse.
2: Well, and and the, the problem here in Hamilton is that our downtown is sort of reviving after decades of of neglect and decades of uh, really decay. And uh, so it's kind of a delicate ecosystem here now. We're we're starting to get stores that were abandoned or starting to have uh, merchants in them again. And uh, I think there's a real concern that... you know, in, in sort of shoving this thing through that we're going to upset uh, what has been a, a kind of a renaissance in downtown Hamilton.
1: It will definitely, I think, kill the charm, um, you know, and, and I know it's a big issue. So is this now down, I know you've got a lot of candidates running, there's what, 15, I think, running. Is yes. this now down to a two-horse race between, um, you know, Vito Scro, who is against LRT then, and Fred Eisenberg?
2: No question about it. Uh, forum, I mean, that, that appeared to be the, the case right really from the beginning, uh, but uh, Forum Research did a poll that was released uh, this morning that uh, indicates they're literally neck and neck within mm-hmm. a point of each other. So what it'll come down to, Alex, as so often is the case, it'll be which which of these two candidates can get their vote out on on Monday, um, and uh, that's, that's going to decide this for sure. What's your gut telling you? Well, I I think Vito Vito had a very well-funded campaign, uh, and it's enabled him to uh, do television and some of the more expensive uh, uh, kinds of outreach. He uh, just distributed uh, 100,000 pieces of literature over the last three or four days. And on his team, he's got some uh, quite sophisticated numbers people that know how to do... uh, uh... social media and uh... know how to do uh... you know polling and robo calling and all the things you need to do these days to to get a vote out on a voting day so I, I think he's got a, an opportunity, but he came from a tremendous distance behind yeah. uh, to get to the point where he is now, where it looks like it's really a horse race.
1: Which tells you just how galvanizing this issue is, and and, and that the loud voices are now being kind of silenced by people who are suddenly saying, "Wait a second, I, I'm thinking about this, and it doesn't actually look so great." The other thing is he's much more of a fiscal uh, conservative. He'll bring in an AG, and I think that has a, to, to to watch the books, and I, I think that's actually a really good thing.
2: Yeah, he's not cut from the the normal mode. He's he's done a lot of behind the scenes campaign work for thirty or maybe even longer. Uh, but he's not uh, he's not used to being the front man. But he's done a pretty good job. He's uh, he's been articulate, and uh, when you see his uh, television commercials, he, he looks like he knows what he's doing.
1: Yeah, well, if he can cut through the noise of of the activists kind of fighting this thing, that says a lot. So. I will definitely be watching, and uh, thanks so much for the insight, John.
2: My pleasure, Alex.
1: That is John Best. You can read him in the uh, Bay Observer. So, yeah, I think Hamilton's in for a very, very close race. But, again, I I love Hamilton. Hamilton's got a charm that a lot of people outside of Hamilton don't know, and I think if you get that LRT downtown, you're going to lose that charm. Not because I'm against transportation. I am not. But I've seen what LRTs and what tracks do in Toronto – and I got to be honest, it has destroyed a lot of neighborhoods and destroyed many, many businesses. And by the way, it never, it's never on time and it's never on budget and you got to fix it every three or four years. So is downtown Hamilton, do you really want to go through the headaches of that? Because I know the businesses, I would never open a business anywhere near it because it's just so it interrupts the service. You know, you've been to uh, Eglinton lately.
0: There what are, are we... scores of business owners who who boarded up and closed because of this unwieldy Crosstown Express project.
1: Yeah, like three, four years, you can't sustain the business. You still have to pay the taxes. You still have to try to get people. But eventually people say, I'm not going downtown. It's too much of a headache. The other thing is, and the bi- the big, big takeaway for me is traffic will eventually change its patterns. If you can't get around the construction, you'll start finding shortcuts through residential areas. You got a lot of kids in certain areas. You see traffic bombing into your neighborhoods, and it happens all over the We have signs everywhere in Toronto. Please slow down because traffic, truck, you know, you see big trucks hauling goods down the streets that they're not supposed to go down because people are trying to catch up with the lost time of construction. You don't believe me? Try it. Let me know how you like it in five years. Okay. The other reason uh in London, meanwhile, there's the same kind of fight going on. There's a field of 14, but really only four. Uh, who are in the running. And it's an interesting race because the current mayor, Matt Brown's not going to be running again. So you got new blood coming in. And one of the uh, contenders is a former MP who's got experience but has come under fire kind of for, you know, renting an apartment last night, uh, last minute like Patrick Brown. But like Hamilton, transit is the number one issue. And again, it has completely galvanized the region. Let's bring in Jim Van Horn, coordinator over at uh, the School of Contemporary Media, Fanshawe College. He joins me now. So Jim, this is a this is an exciting race. I always love it when you get new blood in, and this is the situation because the outgoing mayor is not going to run again. So you've got all this fresh blood, but this has really come down to four major players. And what are the major issues that that London has to vote on?
0: Great question. It seems like the BRT, which is a yep. bus rapid transit system, uh, is the number one divisive issue. Um, It's expensive, hugely expensive and some people feel that uh, the benefits uh, certainly don't match the the cost and it's become almost a uh, a proxy battle, uh, a proxy issue where uh, it's it's like one side if you believe this and you're uh, pro-BRT if you're on that side it's uh, let's study this further. Um, i you know I, I, it's certainly uh, a tough town to have transit because it's purely a grid city in sure. other words to, and train train tracks just go through the whole city and there's no expressway right. uh years ago they had a chance to put an expressway in they didn't just spend the money at that time so it's hard um to run a transit system under those conditions. So uh, an extra, you know, if your gajillion dollars gets you like three <laughs> or four extra minutes, or it gets you to your destination three or four minutes quicker. Is it worth it? Some people say no. It's, it's become even more political than that. Mm. Uh, I think it's way beyond the benefits of transit. It's become almost lining up left and right.
1: Isn't that interesting? So because Hamilton is going through the exact same battle yeah. with the LRT, and I think Hamilton's going down the totally wrong road by by doing this i think it not only has galvanized that city um but you're seeing the same thing in london where you've got these
0: older cities yeah. and how
1: do you service the population
0: exactly and it started out as this plan which was kind of a hybrid lrt brt and everybody thought well that's that's <laughs> kind of cool uh rail always has this kind of i don't know this appeal right it's kind of a Uh, a little more whatever sexy and can um, i
1: can i just tell your can i just tell the listeners jim it's not sexy i gotta tell you (laughs) i I, know know that because in toronto it is the bane of our you never (laughs) it never gets built it's always being torn up and it causes such traffic nightmares that i'm telling you london you don't want
0: tracks (laughs) i'm thinking like everybody thinks it's going to be like european (sighs) it's a switzerland there, right (laughs) it's like the swiss system which they you know They've had for thirty years. they started it a long time ago it It is kind of fantastic in Switzerland, but yeah it's hard tougher to do here
1: <laughs> sure, and you've got some interesting candidates, one of those being Ed Holder, and you know he yep. comes with uh, some name recognition, he certainly comes with political yep. experience is Is he the guy to beat, or are people looking beyond politics and the political experience yeah.
0: well that it's interesting because in, in in the latest poll, uh, if you believe it's very tight as mm-hmm. you said. Mm-hmm. And Holder, I think, is in a great position, right. at, uh, uh, you know, for uh, for growth. Uh, the poll showed that Paul Chang is just barely in front of Ed Holder. But this, uh, the other issue that we're going to, I think, see, uh, re- you know, really I'm waiting to see how this is going to go is the ranked ballot system. It's the first municipality in Ontario to go to the ranked ballot. And I think um, even with the uh, like your first place... Uh, finisher uh, on the first count it's like a political convention right yeah. it's uh, the first place finisher on the first count is probably not going to be mayor because uh, and i think the way it's split left and right that uh, let's say you know if uh, paul chang who is said to be leading in the polls He's got, I think, limited growth in that second, third, and fourth uh, position – or second and third position. Who's going to – you know, you have your Chang supporters, and I think they're a pretty significant group, but where's his growth? And and I think Holder, like you said, has the most growth. As a compromise candidate, he might be the guy that you could – you know – Put on second and third if you're a, if you're a Tanya Park person, Ed would be a good compromise if you're Chang Ed would be a good compromise if you know so I think Ed's in a good position um, but uh, I think it's really tight
1: yeah and interestingly he's he's against the uh, the BRT but he does have something that the other candidates don't he is a conservative and he will be able to get the ear of the premier more easily I think than someone else because he's got that relationship uh, yeah. in politics and that yeah. does tend to work.
0: Well, and he's, he's got a pretty good reputation around here uh, as a consensus type person. You know, he's, he's not considered, um, even though he served uh, in the cabinet under Stephen Harper, he's not considered that kind of uh, divisive mm-hmm. type uh, conservative that is, um, you know, uh, I guess, it's not bad. Doug Ford is is uh, kind of polarizing, yeah. uh, and he's not. He's not that kind of a polarizing. Well,
1: let me ask you this: Will his renting the apartment? It does it matter that he doesn't live there. Kind of, got, he he kind of pulled the Patrick Brown thing, where kind of got the apartment. Does that matter? Is that? Bug- no, nah, I don't people?
0: think so. Okay. I think Ed's such a long-time Londoner. He's been involved in the community so many different ways. Uh, you know, uh, I, I don't think so. Really, um, I, I, I look for him. To run uh, to be very strong on Monday, it might be Tuesday. When it might be a week <laughs> before we have no, it might oh, yeah. be a week before we have uh, a final uh, final count on this, and uh, it'll be fascinating to see. I think a-, a lot of people who pushed for ranked balloting might be disappointed in the result. Um, it's seen as this uh, fix, you know, th- this yeah. way to fix everything, and I think it might bite a few people. To be honest with you.
1: Well, Jim, we'll watch, and of course, I'll probably have you on again on Tuesday, and we'll break this down. Love to. Thank you so much.
0: Hey, great talking to you.
1: That is Jim Van Horn. Uh, So good. There's some, some really great races. They're totally worth watching, but big, big, big infrastructure issues on the table. No question. Here on Point, I'm Alex Pearson. This is Global News Radio.